Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. My name is Logan Rosengard. With me on the call, as always, we have Robbie Serafian and we have Noah Foster. NHL awards were announced today. It's game two happening as we speak, but we got to get this done. Things have to get done. Business must be taken care of. Noah, Rafi, how you guys been since the last time we talked? Uh, it's been a very interesting day today. It's uh, It was full of math and chemistry and then some surprises, kind of, and the award, at the award ceremony. I thought and you were right- going to say, like, surprises in your day. Like, did someone show up at your door with, like, a cake? Yeah, I wish. That would be really nice. Dude, I've if had any, lots of if any of the listeners out there want to uh, show up at my dorm with a cake, that would be greatly appreciated. Why don't Thank you drop you. the Addy? Don't 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 be a bitch, Noah. Drop the Addy. Uh, we've got it's at UW Madison. Just you know, DM us, and I'll respond and I'll see us. Yeah, I know my friend. It was my friend's birthday recently, so I had to pick up, not pick up, but they were out of the dorm and like away from the dorm, so I had to pick up a uh, a thing of cupcakes. Like a big fucking thing of cupcakes. Oh my god, they were so good. I'm not a big cupcake person, but like, Wait, did you eat them? I mean, I didn't eat like when I when I was with them. I wasn't gonna eat all oh, of them before okay. they got back. I'm not an asshole. Sure, but yeah, they <laughs> they were really really good. That was a highlight of my week last week for sure. Rafi, you're awfully quiet over there. How you doing? I'm doing splendid. Thank you for asking. Splendid like the tea. Is that no. a tea? No, just I, I, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say, but Splenda. Splenda is sugar. Tea is tea. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> Noah, we had an eventful week. We had awards today that were announced. Why don't you run us down the uh, the list before we get talking about uh, what happened? Yeah. So we've got some deals that were signed, some uh, higher ups that were signed as well, and we've got the awards to run down. And we've also got our continuing our the second part of our little series. We have the risers, um, the teams that will be on the upswing uh, next season. So we've got the goals to cover. But first, uh, we've got some interesting deals and signings. Real quick, let's just run down uh, the signings. We got the Coyotes signing Aiden Hill to a one-year $800,000 deal. This likely means that either Ronto or Kemper will be moved. Considering that he'll put up put up pretty solid numbers in the AHL. So keep an eye out for that in the coming weeks and months. Canadian side Joel Edmondson to a four-year, $3.5 million uh, average annual value extension. Nick Abe Kubel. Sure. Yeah. S- signs a two-year 1.075 million AAV with the Flyers. Jared McCann signs a two-year 2.94 million AAV. Daniel Sprong resigns with the Capitals for two years and 725000 annually. And I think that's it. A lot of very strange numbers and non, um, non whole, non whole numbers, which makes it tough for read. But hope you guys caught all that. If not, you guys can always look them up on lastwordonhockey.com or lastwordonsports.com. Considering that we merged, sir. Shameless, yes, shameless sir. plug for shameless plug for Logan and the flow up. The, the mega baby, right the mega launch is commenced. Oh, yep. uh, someone delivered something under my door. I'll look at it later. How nice! And uh, in, in other news, I want to talk un- about. I want to talk local. about that. The Senators unveil their yeah. next logo. Well, yeah, it's their next logo. They're going through a rebrand. 
is what it looks like. And it they're going to uh, back to the old, not the old, like 1908 different Senators franchise, but like Danny Alfredson and, uh, right, was it Danny Alfredson? Yeah. Danny Alfredson, yeah. Heatley. Uh, who else am I missing from that era, Rafi? I think I pretty much covered it with those two guys. But yeah, uh, this, the really nice old like 90s retro Senators logo, it looks like it's going to be featured on their uh, main jerseys come December whenever. I'm excited. I, I, I really want to see an Adidas jersey of it. I'm sick of seeing the fucking... Uh, the, I'm forgetting a word, and I f- hate it. The concepts. The concept jerseys with that logo, or like the, you know, yeah. ideal third logo jerseys, you know? But yep. I, I'm excited for it. I'm a jersey. I'm a big jersey guy. I'm a huge fan of when teams take it retro, which is also why I'm really excited... For the potential, I, I don't know how official it is. I'm pretty sure it's like almost 100%, if not 100% official, that this is happening. The Flames are rebranding yeah. their retro colors, so that really nice, hot, bright red, and that I, really iced white, white. God, that's so ugly. I believe that I believe that's to be either announced or shown to the public October the, 5th. I, I think on the draft, that's why October 5th. I think what's going to happen yeah. is they're either going to unveil the jersey at the draft however the hell that's going to look or you know the logo and jersey concepts that day on instagram and their social medias whatever it happens to be but i am excited like i said i'm a jersey guy i am in the midst although it has paused since uh a while i am in the midst of trying to collect a single jersey for every nhl team and that is definitely I already have a Senators one, but that would definitely be a nice second little Senators one that I've got. Would be. Moving on. Uh, I okay, did, but real quick, I real did. quick, though. Go ahead, quick. go ahead. Real quick. Go ahead. Hot take. I thought the old Ottawa Senators were the thing that they're moving on from were actually kind of not bad. Like, I didn't think they were terrible. So the, the I didn't think they were horrible. I didn't yeah, think they were the bad, ones. but I they think they were terrible. I think it was clunky for like, and it, if you look at the other main Adidas home jerseys, I think it was clunky, right? Like the, the arm uh, striping was weird and it was like lacking. (sighs) I didn't think it was bad. I just think the, I think the, this like new rebranding, it looks good. I like their old logo, but I didn't, wasn't a huge fan of If there's one good thing about the Senators, besides the fact that I think they're bound to bust out of their rebuild pretty damn soon, ahem, next uh, ne- next season, although that's wishful thinking, now that I've sat on my opinion that I think that the Senators are a wild card team for the 2020-21 season. However, if there's one upside to the team and the organization, it is definitely the way that they are managed. And somewhat... Nice Eugene Melnick. Fuck Eugene Melnick with a passion, but everything else about that organization is relatively sound. And I can live with it. Like, it's not like it's the Buffalo Sabres who are very much the peculiars have basically <laughs> run that. Well, okay, let me rephrase that. Hockey operations wise, it sucks, but the business is kind of good. Like, they're one of the most profitable teams in the league. And no, they aren't moving out of Buffalo, falafel. Houston. <laughs> I'm Houston. calling you out. I don't Houston. care. No, I... Okay, don't worry. I moved, I moved on. I moved on. The Coyotes. Welcome to Houston. Let's, Let's go. I'm okay. Make it happen. Real quick. 
real quick. Uh, I missed a I missed a signing. Apologies. Uh, the Wild signed Jonas Brodin to a seven-year, six million dollar AAV. Uh, that is actually a huge that's contract, huge. but so that, that, that is a that's huge a contract. Really, really nice contract. I love. Yeah, it. it is. I love Jonas Brodin. I love it. Uh, in other news, Eric Stahl is traded one oh, for one for. I had to make <laughs> note of that. Thanks for the thanks for the input. Uh, you know what? Eric's... You gotta have a nice transition. That was a nice transition, yeah. if you ask me. Yeah, but Eric then you Stahl... mentioned the transition, so you kind of just messed up the transition. Exactly. Shut up. Yikes. Eric Stahl was traded one for one. The deal was one for one. Uh, traded for Marcus Johansson, and he gave about an enthusiastic uh, intro video to Buffalo as uh, what's his name as Capocaco did when he was in New York. Wow. Uh, that was like what the a nice. Most... That was like the most unenthusiastic I would I've ever seen a player being welcomed to the team. I mean, like he is going to Buffalo, which is a dumpster fire of a franchise. So, like, I don't blame him. But like, you got to be at least a little excited for a first day on the job. At least some show some enthusiasm. Well, anyway, good. It's a pretty good well, deal for good both sides. Well, the scary thing was for a lot of Buffalo fans was reports in prior years that if Eric's of Eric Stahl staying, if I got traded, I am retiring. So that was yeah. definitely kind of scary, but. Obviously, I don't think Buffalo would have made that trade if – they probably, like, figured out something to make sure that Stahl was going to play before they traded for him and took the risk. But yeah, both teams, I good... guess, both teams, I guess, want something out of it. Both are on one-year deals. Buffalo gets a nice 2C. Minnesota gets a nice winger. It's not a terrible trade. It's just weird that, uh, that, they, that Buffalo would trade for a 36-year-old guy to be their 2C. I love Eric yeah, Stahl, don't I'm... get me wrong. But the age didn't make too sense, too much so, sense with that dude. I'm gonna defend it a little bit just because I think I I'm gonna take Stahl over Johansson in a two C solely based on the fact that well Johansson's a, a current, winger. He's a natural winger, I, natural. I know, but even still, like I I think it's better in the current moment for the Sabers to have a player like Eric Stahl, who's a great two C that they can build their top six around. Like they, they have the pieces to make a relatively good top six for next season. I, I think that's a fact, but, uh, you know, Johansson was, I guess, wasn't cutting it. it. I see, I see both sides of this. If you're Minnesota, you're getting someone that's in their prime that can play top six, middle six minutes and be a really nice as, asset to your penalty kill. And for the Buffalo side, I see you getting a bona fide two C right behind Mr. Jack Eichel snub for the heart candidacy. Uh, he got one. Uh, I believe he got like one uh, first place vote. I don't even actually. I, I don't even know. I forget the breakdown I saw today, but we can talk. It about wasn't a lot. It, was it wasn't a lot. a lot. I I'm gonna look at it after I'm done going on my rant. But like it, it's a nice. It, it's a good move for both. Like it's a little questionable with the cap hit uh, that Stall has. Pardon me again, but you know, it, I'm not a GM. I don't necessarily see all the things that they see or know all the things that they know. And Kevin Adams and Eric Stahl were friends. They were on the uh, Stanley Cup. Pardon me. They were on the Stanley Cup winning team in Carolina in 2006. They're reuniting. That's a that's a natural like, you know. It, it, it's a happy reunion. There's good things on both sides. I don't hate the trade. I don't think you hate the trade on either side if you're a Buffalo no. or Wild fan. And if you do happen to hate the trade, I think you should reevaluate your thinking on sports because that it's it's an even trade. 
It's an even, it's tra- even trade. It's like two depth-ish guys uh, being exchanged. It, it looks a little bit weird for Buffalo, but like we don't know what the hell was going on there anyway. So they can yeah. just kind of trade and they like, oh, the- we're rebuilding. Oh, we're going for a cup run. It doesn't really matter. Because yeah. no, no one knows what's going on. In Let's other news. Let's get some awards, Noah. And what's up? Let's get to some awards. Uh, before, real quick, uh, oh, Bill Armstrong was named the Coy- yeah. Bill Armstrong was named the Coyotes GM. Sure. Oh, ex- he also ex- uh, is, uh, there's also a uh, proposal by the St. Louis Blues. So Bill Armstrong, brother of Doug Armstrong, uh, current general manager for the Blues, was the head of the scouting department in St. Louis. And the scouting yeah, department. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. I will tell you. Uh, for, from from what I've heard from managing editor Gabe Foley to anyone else that knows anything about the front office in St. Louis, is that Billy, Billy Boy, was a fantastic, uh, you know, he, he, he was, was a great guy to have for the draft. He was, like, a essential to their drafting. And... There's a proposal. I don't know what happened to it. I don't know how true it is. I don't know if the league's going to get involved. I don't know any how, how official any of it is. But there was something going around that St. Louis made a proposal like, hey, you can't use him in the draft. That's not fair. He can't be there for the draft because he knows everything. Which, first off, they don't have anything to the fourth round this year. So <laughs> what is that? Secondly, okay. aside, exactly. Arizona. But secondly, aside from that, I I don't I, I kind of see where St. Louis is coming from. They have they have all their secrets right. Like it's I don't know, but I think it's a little weird that if it were to go through, if something were to happen where Armstrong Bill Armstrong isn't allowed to do the job that he was hired to do in Arizona, eh, I think it's a little weird. That was a weird noise, but I I don't know. That's just me. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, you could see both sides of the argument. It's like, well, you let your, you let your, um, you let this guy go. And so we can, so now we have full rights to use all of his knowledge. And from the blues perspective, it's like, well, he knows all of his stuff and like, it's not really fair, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. I feel like we'll see what happens in the coming weeks and we'll kind of make a decision from there. Like you can make an argument for both sides. Uh, last thing before we get to the trophies, the Washington Capitals have announced Peter Laviolette as their new head coach. I mean, we'll I see what he it. does. He's got he's got a bunch of he's got a bunch of uh, old guys that we talked about this last week. How the Capitals are probably on their downfall. Maybe this will help. Um, I don't know. Laviolette's a solid coach, uh, ex uh, National Predator when they were or ex National Predators coach when they were doing well, and then they started not doing well. So. Who knows? We'll see. What, we'll see how he works in the in the capital system. Uh, there's not really too much to say about that. Yeah. And then finally, although hold up, real quick, <laughs> Peter Laviolette, do every Washington Capitals fan a favor, try and get them one more cup run with that core, and also do something about that cap hit. That supposedly Alex Ovechkin is going to get after his contract's up. Ten million at thirty-seven. Yeah, right. Thirty-six. Like he's yeah, right. worth it. He's worth whoa, it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let Let's be honest here. He said he, it was expected twelve million. Let's Let's get the fact. Yeah, not, he's not getting he's twelve worth million. It. He's, he's worth not worth it. twelve Don't million. Get me wrong. Well, uh, no, he's, he's worth it. Of our generation. It, not he's twelve million it. at thirty-seven. 
the ninth-time Rocket Richard winner. Okay, not twelve million. He's not getting paid twelve million now. Okay, but if he was like thirty though, or younger, if he was if he was, if he was like twenty-seven, he's getting paid fifteen million without that a doubt. Is, that is true, yeah, but that's factual. You know. Also, you have but, to think he's been taking numerous like pay cuts, so. Probably. He's going to have to take a pay cut. He's due for a big raise. He's due for a big boom. And they have the assets capital? to move. There's nothing. That, like, they don't have things. That, they aren't strapped for cap. They have things that Not they can move yet. to make room. Not a lot, but they have root. They have they have uh, wiggle room with their organization to move things. A little bit. All right. It's time for the awards. And I am heated. I am heated. Let's, let's, start with, let's start with the least surprising one first. And then we can go on to the most surprising. How about how does that sound? Okay. So, so Logan, take it away. Let's the talk about the Hart Trophy. Okay, that's not the one I was hoping you'd start with, but oh, you know I thought, we'll okay, go with that. No, 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 Vesna, <laughs> my bad. Okay. Yes, Vesna. I thought you were talking about Hart because no, no, no. anyway, Connor Hellebuck wins Vesna. Thank the gods. Thank the hockey gods. Oh my god. Oh my god. Here, here's what I'll say about the Vesna. If um, Hellubuck and Rask switched teams for this year. I think Rask wins the Vesna because Hellubuck and Rask are similar are a similar caliber goalie, but um, but Hellubuck looked a lot better because he was on the Jets and 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 bailed the Jets out out of so many situations, um, and like won so many games. So I think Rask and Hellubuck are similar tier goalies, but Hellubuck deserves it, and I think. There's like not too much debate about that. There wasn't really yeah. much debacle in the it was first like, place voting either. Uh, my I'm problem. Pull up the, yeah. What's it called, real quick? The breakdowns for some of these. The awards announced. I'm I'm gonna get the breakdown for the all, all the awards because you know. Yeah. I, th- I think Hockey Reference has them up right now. This is a live check, boys. But uh, Rafi, go ahead continue. while Logan's. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I'll just there. throw this because obviously we all know I'm the big Tuka Rask advocate here, uh, but. In all honesty, if if a goalie is getting heart trophy votes, I think it's kind of obvious that they should probably win the Vesna. So <laughs> yeah, I, I I honestly went into it like how I felt with the ah uh, shoot the Bruce Cassidy Jack Adams award, where it was where I kind of felt bad if I would have felt bad if Tuka Rask won it because Hellebuck was not better but he definitely was much more valuable so he's the much more valuable yes. goalie so that's that's a Winnipeg great way Jets. to put it so i'm not upset about that at all i mean i love connor hollowbuck we actually got the three of us got to watch him went earlier this year was it was a while ago. i thought it was Brassois. no it was connor hollowbuck it was connor hollowbuck I, I have pictures wow. of connor hollowbuck it was yeah and okay. we watched him proceed to absolutely like destroy or shut down the Blackhawks, even though Brent Seabrook did score a goal. I digress, <laughs> yep. though. Good for Connor Hellebuck. I love his flow. It was a good, it was the right call at the end of the day. I'll, I'm a bit upset, but it, it was the right call, though. From a Bruins fan's perspective, I'm upset. But from an analyst's perspective, it yeah. was the right call. It was yeah. the right yeah. decision. For sure. So, so I, I love it. I was always a big fan of Con- of uh, Connor Hellebuck for the Vesna. I love Connor Hellebuck. He might very well at this pace that he's playing go down as the greatest American goaltender of all time and potential not that 
never mind. I was going to say potentially the greatest, but definitely no. the greatest American. <laughs> definitely not the greatest, but pace. he, yes, he can definitely be the greatest American, American. at yeah, this American rate because he's still like 26, oh, 27. Like he's, he's still yeah, he's pretty, pretty young. He, 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 for a goaltender, for an NHL goaltender, he is mwah, perfect. He's yes, just in really. his prime, too. Let's, uh, yeah, exactly. let's go slightly in front of the goaltending position and go to the blue line to look at the Norris winner. I'm all right, saying, all right. I'm Let not, us have okay. it. Let no, us have shut it. Up, shut up, shut up. This is my time, <laughs> Noah. This is my time. I am not saying that I was right because I was right. But I, that's not what I'm saying. What I am going to say... I mean, you just, say, you just said that, though. <laughs> what the hell are you saying? What I am going to say is... I think the the Norris voting, and I, I've seen some of the ballots that have come out from some of the guys that I follow on Twitter, Steve Wino, Mark Lazarus, uh, uh, Sarah Sivian of The Athletic, uh, Scott, Scott someone that I'm uh, not, not powers. No, not like that. No, the one that starts with an L. Yeah. Scott Lazarus. Lazarus. Scott, no, Scott, that's Mark Scott, Lazarus. Scott, Lazarus. That's Mark, That's Mark Lazarus. Lazarus. Scott Powers is another guy. I forget yes. his name, but he's another athletic I'll look, writer. I'll look him up. Give me a second. He's another athletic writer. Just continue but, on for now. Um, I think the way that the voting went was very similar to how I think that the Hart voting should go. Actually, no. Let me take that back. Now that I said that, that doesn't make sense. Ron Yossi was the better defenseman. He also led his team in points. He also happened to have gotten more Hart votes than uh, Carlson. He also just happens to be a better defender. Like I said that, but he this season too, he happens to be a better defender. John Carlson's defense was just as good as it was last year. He got a lot of points. His transition in neutral zone game is always relatively good, and his in zone and his and his play in his own zone is always pretty damn good too. He's a top two defenseman. He is the number one defenseman in Washington for a reason. Roman Yossi just did it better. Roman Yossi just did it better. Roman Yossi just did it better. There's no better way to put it. He led his team in points. He had heart votes. That's about as simple as it gets. He was just a yeah. better player this season. And every think, season before. I think, but, in all honesty, if, and obviously I'm playing the what-if game, if the season had played out, because this was my big argument for why Carlson should win, Carlson was on pace to have the best season points-wise, by defenseman since the 93-94 season. So if the season had finished how it should have, given a regular regular standards, and Carlson kept on his pace, you're obviously not going to give... the. I, I just can't see you giving the, the Norris to anyone else because just when you hit a milestone like that or you're up in that category for the first time in 30 years now, 20... Right. 20, yeah. 20 years now, like <laughs> you, ha you deserve the props of Wayne the Norris and he is still yeah. really good defensively too. So it wasn't like he like cheap shot his way there. So I understand why you won. I think if we're playing the what if game, if the season played out, Carlson would have went, but would have been our winner. And then so, Logan, so if, then if you like your, I'll give you your like little 20 second snippet too. Cause Jacob Slavin did finish fifth. In I actually wasn't gonna say. I actually wasn't gonna mention that. But now that you mention it, quick <laughs> shout Hamilton out to too. Uh, quick shout out to Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin both getting top ten voting. Jacob Slavin uh, getting five and Hamilton seven, respectively. I thought Hamilton but, got four. No, Hamilton crazy. got seven. Hamilton got okay. seven because he was injured. But even going in crazy. an injury Sounds year, good. 
Okay. Yeah, he got seventh, which is impressive. What I was going to say, Rafi, you do make a good point. He was on pace to have the best point, uh, you know, best performance points-wise that a defenseman has seen since the 94 season, 93-94 season, right? It was either, I believe it was the 93-94 season. Whenever it was. But to that, I say a defenseman isn't all about getting points. And that's yes, where of I, I, we have this conversation time and time and again. And you look at Jacob Slavin, you look at, you know, your hard lockdown defenders, you look at Nick Jalmerson, you look at Jonas Brodeen, you look at, uh, you know, guys like uh, Matt Dumba, you look at, all, you know, shutdown defenders, the guys that are just perfect for <laughs> stopping a rush over and over and over again and still don't receive the recognition in voting. Granted, Jacob Slavin got top five. That's pretty damn good. But there needs there th- th- there is a need, a dire need for a Langway Award, a Rob Rod Rob Langway Award, which is basically just the best defensive defenseman, not the best defenseman, the best defensive defenseman, which also makes it possible in that scenario for a, a defenseman to win two awards. Which I think should totally be possible because Although, defensemen don't get recognized in never. awards nearly enough. Like you look at you look at the awards. You have best offensive. You have best. Well, defensive, the reason. Well, the reason for that is you because, have the best. Like, okay. Well, the reason for that is because like a shutdown defenseman, like a two-way forward, it's pretty easy to see, right? Like they're the ones hustling back on the back check. They're the ones in the zone. But it's kind of hard I'm, to see defensemen's impact without seeing numbers. Okay, I mean. it's hard to see. It's hard to see. Um, like, I don't know. What's what's an example? Whatever. They're they're like really no no. I'm like that's what I'm saying. Like they're really well. There's know, argument but, like Jacob Slavin, guys like Jacob Slavin, who like if it wasn't for are, Logan constantly yeah. shoving him down my throat every now and then, like I wouldn't. I, he's not a guy that puts he, up a ton of points. So you're like, oh, he's not that act, good. That, like, exactly. But, but he, in his own respect, in his own respect. Jacob Slavin attracts eyes because he's a shutdown defender, not exactly. because of his point production. And I, he's a I'll shutdown give you defender. that argument too that you're trying to bring up on giving more, give, finding another award for your defenseman because they're just not like you can obviously have a defenseman win the Hart Trophy or win the Ted Lindsay. That's so rare. If, if we're in all honesty, the defenseman has to be literally hitting. He needs to hit like a hundred points in order for him to win that. A defenseman mm-hmm. to win that. Which is obviously highly unlikely because even this season, for like even for most seasons, you normally have like one or two forwards crack 100 points. So I agree with you. I think there should be like if there's an ability or an or a way to get another defensive award for the NHL awards, I say I'm all for it. Yeah, it's gonna be hard to track, but you know I think that's not a bad idea because in essence, then you could have the Norris be for the best offensive defenseman if you really wanted it to. Or you could just have the best overall defenseman, whatever you want. Uh, right. We have we've got uh, some more stuff to get to today. Yossi winning the Norris. All right, fine. Logan, Logan, Logan gets that one. Let's go to. I also quick. get I the Fesna. Okay, yeah, whatever. We all we all agreed on the Fesna though. Anyway, let's go to let's go to the Calder last. So I want to go to the Hart. Um, the order was Drysaddle one, Nathan McKinnon two, Artemi Panarin three. Pain. Wow. I think I like really don't. I think dry, okay, Drysdale win the heart. I'm okay with right. Like he was nuts this season. He was actually insane. Probably the best, one of the best forwards in the league. 
Actually, no, definitely one of the best forwards in the league. I was going to say probably the best forward in the league. I retract that statement. But Artemi Panarin, yeah, seventy not point, getting uh, seventy points score early on Dreisaitl. Yeah, was the best Ar- uh, forward in the league. <laughs> Artemi Panarin not getting number two is a disgrace. That is like that's just rude. Now, Nathan McKinnon, now, Nathan McKinnon is really good. He's a very good hockey player. He has the second most points or goals, I don't remember, in the playoffs right now, and he's been out since the second round. I get that. But Artemi Panarin was way more valuable to his team than Nathan McKinnon was to the Avalanche. Now, now let me let me just throw this little tidbit in, because we'd be foolish to not to say that, oh, it's a regular season award, so the voters only care about the regular season. Let's be honest. If I was a voter who was high on Artemi Panarin, and I was very high on Artemi Panarin winning the heart, by the way. You guys can watch all the episodes where I say that and rant to rave about it, and check out the Instagram where I also say that, and all my Instagram comments where I say that. I said it a lot. <laughs> I digress. If I'm a voter who was high on Artemi Panarin after watching the first round versus Carolina, where he literally, like, magically disappeared and no one knew where he was, obviously I can't, like, pick him. Like, it's just a hard, like, I know it's a regular season, but you have to, let's, like, be straight up. You obviously base the playoffs too kind of off it. For the right? same reason that Jack Eichel wasn't even considered for the Hart Trophy. If the, if Buffalo makes the playoffs, Jack Eichel is winning the Hart, is at least getting top five voting Hart. I think a regular a season, doubt. yeah, for sure. Like, because this season is weird like that. It, I'm not shocked that Leon Dreisaitl winded up winning the Hart. Because no. If the regular season did, like, there's so many what ifs too, because Dreisaitl was on Kucherov, close to Kucherov pace. So then you're yep. making the argument like, oh, this, oh, that. But I, I don't want to get into all the what ifs because obviously there's one thing that happened. And if you play the what if game, this show is going to take till 1 a.m. Yeah. So Dreisaitl wins the heart. Uh, he deserved. That more people deserve it. That other people deserve it more. I, maybe. So I don't know. I'm going to make the Jack Eichel argument I've been making since ba- since fucking dawn. Uh with um with McKinnon real quick. McKinnon so last year McKinnon didn't win it because the players around him were too good. Horseshit. Dumb reason, bad reason. I don't don't get me wrong. The play, if players around you are good, you're statistically more likely to produce higher numbers in all categories. However, however, uh, it's Nathan fucking McKinnon, not Niall fucking Yakupov, not Alex Nathan fucking Mc- Nylander. Nathan, Nathan McKinnon, McKinnon is a beast. He is very, you can, I, I don't agree with it. I do not agree with it. I do not agree with it. I will preface that over and over again. I don't agree with this statement. You have all the right and all the statistics to back up that McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, is better than Connor McDavid. You have proof to talk about it. You have numbers. You have whatever. You have a season to talk about how you think McKinnon might be better than McDavid. I don't agree with it. But come the fuck on. Leon Dreisaitl was amazing. 129 points. Led the league. I'm not going to deny that. He also got the Ted Lindsay by the players, which is a pretty damn good award to pick up. 
but Nathan McKinnon is out of this world. See, out of this. My problem with giving it to Drysidle, and obviously Tampa, not Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay does have elite talent. But this is about Tampa Bay's players. Colorado obviously has some elite talent. So you guys said Landis Scott, Granton, and Kel McCarr's upcoming is has upcome to be a soon to be superstar on the rise, whatever you want to call him. But I just can't see a reason why you can give the heart trophy with a straight face to a player who has another who has a like a debatably top three player in the league. Like it, it just I just don't understand how that works because it's most valuable to your team. But straight up, if they didn't have Dreisaitl, they would still have McDavid, and McDavid would like do what they have made the playoffs. Probably not with McDavid, or they maybe may have squeaked in. But let's be honest here. I, I just can't. It just doesn't make sense for me to give a trophy to a player who has another who has a top three player also with him. I, I just don't see that. Obviously, the power play was lethal too, which I kind of like a lot of the points he got too. Not saying that he didn't put up points because obviously I, I predicted at the start of the season he was going to have seventy-two points, no more, and I got pooped on for that by him. But I, I just don't. It's hard for me. To, I understand why he won. It's just, it's just a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth right now for him with him there, winning. Whatever the hell needs to happen to fix the heart award voting, like I think no matter what happens with the heart, give or take a few examples, no one is ever going to be a hundred percent happy. Like the, no. the first off, the language around the voting procedure, the the uh, the the language around the heart trophy. Uh, best adjudged, you know, most valuable to their team is the language in the award. I, I don't know if you can make a case where, by that definition, I don't know if you can make a case where Leon Dreisettle is more valuable to his team than Nathan McKinnon. Exactly. Like, there are a lot of guys that are like that, like, you uh, Patrick Kane's the most valuable to his team. Connor Hellbuck's the most valuable to his team. Connor Hellbuck got a heart vote, so that's different. But Jack Eichel. Jack Eichel was the most valuable to his team. Ryan Getzlaff was not the most valuable to his team. But the Ducks uh, are irrelevant. No one cares. Gotta love you, Getzlaff. <laughs> you know, maybe better Dennis Gurionov or Anton Kudobin is the most valuable to the Dallas Stars, and so on and so on and so on. What differentiates that from team to team? Like Everyone knows it's the MVP. Everybody knows that the Hart Trophy is the MVP of the league. But there needs to be some sort of something. Some sort of something. See, and that can fix it. Like, the language pisses me off. The language pisses me off. Because now you're starting to bring up a point that I was making a lot of the time when we mentioned this. Where I said that there should be two separate awards. You have your MVP... And you have your most valuable to your team. You have you kind of break it up into. You have your most valuable player that's voted by the polls. You have your Ted Lindsay Award, and then you have a most valuable to their team. Because so here's the you thing: give, I give, still I think you, you have three awards heart, in that sense. Then. But you give McKinnon or Panarin the most valuable to their team because they were by far more valuable to their team. 
So I think you have three awards in that regard. Then I think you have your Ted Lindsay voted by the players. I think you have your heart, whatever the hell you want to make it. And then you have a similar MVP style award because really the Ted Lindsay and the MV and the heart trophy are basically the MVPs. They're plural. You could really put them together because it's what the players think and what the uh, professional hockey writers association thinks. There's got to be a third. I think if you really want to fix it, some sort of general manager voted award think about it like the general managers know more than any anyone who is valuable who isn't who brings what when why and how to a team's locker room setting to a team's play xyz example that is important because he could be an asshole in the locker room and the professional hockey writers might not necessarily like they have a pretty they good gauge for how guys locker room here's the thing they they get a pretty close-up look a lot of writers in the hockey world like many other sports get an unadulterated look at hockey and the players but they might not see everything they definitely don't see everything so maybe he could be a dick when he's not being you know recorded in any fashion there's gotta be a general i I think in order to fix it there's got to be a general manager voted award because they know better than anybody, or the head coaches know better than anybody. But that's my two cents. I don't think we should get into it more. We're just going to go in circles. Dreisaitl won. Good for him. Like, he was genuinely the fucking tank. He shattered expectations. Yeah. Which I think that's worthy enough of an award, shattering expectations. But I don't know if... I don't know. That's like the, that's like the, MI, that's like the, the MIP. That's like the MIP in basketball yeah. most improved player it's like the same idea um and now man okay let's go to the call there real quick cam lacar 100 deserves to win this award he was spectacular uh for the avalanche he was absolutely incredible um but i still think quinn hughes got like robbed of the award like because because Makar has Eric Johnson, and I'm blanking on the other Avalanche players, but Eric Johnson's EJ's the big one. Oh, like who else is on the Canucks defense that is like viable? Essentially, Chris Tanev. Chris Tanev. Wow. Well, Chris Tanev. Tanev. I read that. He's not a I read that comment by the way. I just read that comment by the way. I'm just yeah. you, you know the comment. I don't need to read it out loud. He was defending kind kind of in favor of Makar. He was talking about every other comment. He didn't tag yeah. us specifically. Yeah. It wasn't like an indirect burn because I was going to say, if we said like Quinn Hughes, so long story short, on our Puck Talk Live page, one of us commented a while back talking how the voting me. is going to come between ultimately Makar and Hughes. Makar edging out by a little bit. And then we sat on it, and then we thought about it, and we didn't comment anything about it because that would have looked dumb if we contradicted ourselves a little bit later. Not that people can't change their minds, but it's not a good look for the page. It's not a good look for the image if we go back and forth and back and forth. But we're people, the three of us, and we definitely agree. Quinn Hughes was the more monumental player to their team, and for that reason should have won the the Calder. Nothing against Kale McCarr. Absolutely nothing against Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr is a fantastic player. Kale McCarr is going to be one of the greatest defenders of all time, I think. Same with Quinn Hughes, for that matter, if he keeps this up. But Quinn Hughes was way more important, did way more for the Vancouver Canucks than Kale McCarr did for the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche 
could have found someone in their system to fill the role that Kale McCarr played. No one could have filled the role that Quinn Hughes played in Vancouver, and that is why I think he got robbed. I think McCarr is so deserving of this award. Oh, it just makes me angry because Quinn Hughes was like the same player but on a worse team. See, the thing and that's, is, and that's, and that's why Buck and that's why Hellybuck won the Vesna, right? Because he was as good as Rask, but on a worse team, so he looked better. It's see, like the, the hard thing, thing is, is it's not one of those years where it's kind of obvious. Like normally, the calendar is kind of it, it swings to like it's kind of obvious who the winner is going to be. This year was different in the sense that you had two guys who were had basically like the same stat line. I think Quinn Hughes has a few more goals, but then Kel McCart had a few more assists. So it was really close. They're both amazing offensive defensemen, and they were fine in their defensive zone. It's hard. It's hard to make the call and say who's better than who. If I pull up this, the voting, because I sent it in the chat, in our Puck Talk Live chat, it was a close one. I mean, Kel McCarr did not like blow out Quinn Hughes. It was decided by no. 201 points. It, McCarr got 60 more first place votes, but the point total was neck and neck between the two for the most part. So I do think McCarr deserved to win. It's just hard in a year like this where Quinn Hughes was just as good. I wish we had like 10 more games. Maybe that could have helped out, like split the two a bit. Maybe like an actual playoffs would have helped too. We we don't know, obviously. Again, the what if game, but yeah, yeah, it, it's I, good for Kale McCarr. I don't think we're. I don't think any of us are necessarily upset that he won. I think it's just the sense that Quinn Hughes was so good too, and. It's one of those, it's it's one of those things where you can't give two awards, the same award to two people. You can't have a co co winners. You have to choose one guy and it, it happened to be Kale McCart. Right. Little score update for the three of us, just because I don't know how adamantly we've been watching the scores. Three to one going into the third period with six minutes or so in the intermission. Yeah, Dallas uh, Dallas hot shot Tampa Bay yeah. eighteen to five in the second period. So yeah, so I'm going to say that this is definitely a Vasilevsky game. This is definitely Vasilevsky's game. I haven't watched much of it. No, no, just no, no, I... no, 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 so I'm not saying that Tampa Bay is, like, not playing you're, well. You're not saying that Tampa Bay isn't playing well, but you're saying that they definitely have some puck luck to their game that Dallas it's hasn't yet. A ha- ton hasn't of had puck yet. luck. And I watched the first period, and Dallas was not looking good at all in the first period. They looked sloppy. They are turning over the puck. But, like, Tampa Bay is, like, I thought they looked tired in game one. I think they have a ton of injuries. Sorelli, Kucherov, and Brain Pointer all dinged up. Also... TSN, Sportsnet, stop telling me that that Steven Stamkos is inching closer to returning. He's not. He's been he's inching not closer back. to returning since the round-robin games. Stop. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, but that's my little thing about Tampa Bay right now. I think that Bassey's definitely played well in the last few games, but I think from a puck luck standpoint, it's Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is yeah. only good in one period, too. Don't get, like... If you've watched Tampa last series and this series, they are they will outshoot a team twenty to five in one period and then get outshot 
40 to 10 the rest of the game. It's, they're just so inconsistent. And that's my All little right. Tampa Bay rant. Let's go to our actual segment for the show. You know, 45 minutes in. Whatever. It's going to be a long show. We've got the risers for next year. The teams that will be on the up and up next season only. Reminder, next season only. Because predicting a couple years in the future is really hard. And we don't know what the hell is going on. But next yeah. season, we can make some predictions. The first team I want to start with is the Minnesota Wild. Who are There are a ton of rumors going around. Uh, you've got, the, this isn't a rumor, but the Brodeen signing, you have a possibility that Matt Dumba may be traded. You have a possibility that uh, Devin Dubnik may be bought out or traded. The Wild are looking to have a huge offseason uh, in the next few months. And this, honestly, the Wild like looked pretty... I'm not going to say that. Don't you say. Let's, don't you let's, dare. Let's, let's, don't let's, even let's, think. No applause. Don't help me. If you say Noah, what I think you're about to say. I'm not going to. Hold on. Say it. it down say so it, quickly. Say it. Okay. Say it. Okay. Say it. So, in, the con- in the context of the entire Central, the Wild are actually not in a terrible spot. Nashville looks awful. The Hawks like are probably going to be around five or the six or seven spot next season. Mediocrity, um, St. Saint, Saint Louis is looking to be is looking on a downwards trend after they got smacked by Vancouver um, well, in the Petrangelo's first round. Petrangelo is leaving. Petrangelo is likely leaving. Exactly. Petrangelo, Petrangelo is like almost 100% leaving, and they will be a bottom feeder team in the Central without him. No, no, I, no, no, no. Yes, no. they will. They'll, they'll yes, be they will. mediocre. They'll be mediocre. Nope. They have I care. so much offensive I... power. Okay, we're not getting into that. Okay, St. Louis will be... We're talking about the risers. We're talking about the risers. St. Saint... Louis will be number six in the Central after Nashville will be last. And then I think... I think... Um, Dallas looks really good. If they can keep this momentum in the next season, they'll be good. Avalanche obviously look good. So the Wild are like this one team that we don't really know what's going on. But I think if they have a giant offseason and they get, because Brodini is a great shutdown guy, uh, if you get like a good, you get, you acquire Marcus Johansson, who hasn't been performing too well on Buffalo, but also it's Buffalo. So you don't really know how much of it is like, you know, Buffalo and how much of it is just Johansson being awful. It was so, a down year for him. It was a down it was a down year. So I think the Wild are actually on the up and up. Whether that means they make the playoffs next year is to be seen. Whether that means they stay in mediocrity and are just a wild card team remains to be seen. But keep an eye out for the Wild next season because they could be surprising. They could be surprisingly good next season. Yeah, I think they'll be a solid team. I think they could give a, a few teams a hard time. I just can't. I don't think they're going to be like oh. Who's coming to town? Oh, the Minnesota Wild. Oh shoot, we're screwed. Like I don't think it's I don't be, think like, I I don't I, think they're at that level, but they definitely. No. I agree with you. I think I the, think the that, worst days are behind them. I yes. think if Krill Kaprizov is really the the guy that I've been hearing he about, he is the next Artemi Panarin. If he is like if, that, I'm not saying I'm not saying I don't think he will be. I think he's going to be really good. But if he lives up to that hype or exceeds the hype. Minnesota, I wouldn't be shocked if they punch in a wild card ticket. I think the I think the I think the Wild are like looking. The Wild are not going to be making a Stanley Cup run next season. They're not going to be probably not going to be making it past the second round next season. But a wild card looks pretty likely. A first round entry looks pretty likely. Maybe a first round win. So don't expect the Wild to do anything crazy next season. But they are going to be a lot better than they were this season. We'll just, put it, we'll just keep it there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's move on. Let's move on. I want to look at, at – I want to go out east because I want to talk about Vancouver last. But let's go out east. Yes. Let's look, look at the, the Rangers. The rest of our teams are out east. 
I know, but let, let, let's look at the Rangers real quickly. There isn't much that hasn't been our, that hasn't already been said about the Rangers' current team uh, makeup. They have it. They have it. They have it figured out. They got young stud in between the pipes in uh, Igor Shesterkin. They got Alexander Gorgiev to back him up, although Alexander Gorgiev might not necessarily be the best, but he's a viable option. He's well, he, very might viable. he might get traded. He might get traded. He might get traded, and it looks like Henrik Lundqvist is on his way out too, so who knows Yeah, with New York. But they got Shesterkin in the pipes. They have one of the best young defensemen in the league in Adam Fox. They have Artemi Panarin, who's bound to win a Hart Trophy. Who's he's bound okay. to win a Hart Trophy. He- He's not bad. Strom's due for a contract. He's going to get paid. Uh, who else am I missing? Uh, you How have about Kako taking the next year. There's center depth. Second year. Next step up. You obviously have Bill Peedle, who I really like. And then How about the Bill, manager? You can make your comment, but let's let's also not forget that they also won the draft lottery. Thank the Lord. And we'll also be getting Alexi yep. Lafreniere on that second or first line with Zabanajad or with possibly Panera, who knows? But just the thought of, oh my gosh, like their their defense they have the, concerns me a bit. I don't the bottom pair. Dream. Thinking if, about Alexi Lafreniere, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zabanajad, Adam Fox, and uh, time, who's like a sharpshooter. The who's time a sharp for the Rangers to win goodness. is now. The Rangers have yes. like I'm not saying they that have power a window. Power. They don't necessarily have a window, but it's like football. When you draft a superstar in the NFL, that starts your you window. Need results if you, and you draft, need it now. If you draft a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who I love watching, I know you guys don't, but I love no, watching. You don't. Him. I you, actually like you, him. Your window is the time it takes until his contract expires. You need, like, for example, Patrick Mahomes. We all knew he was going to get absolutely paid once his contract was up. It was a matter of fact of if the Chiefs could win a Super Bowl before his contract expired. Because exactly. once you, because the quarterback position takes up a ton of space, and hockey's kind of different, but you can make the same comparison, where in the sense that when you have Lafreniere, Adam Fox, Capo Caco, and Heedle, and their other RFAs needing new contracts after their entry level deals, you're gonna have to pay them a ton of money. Shostakin too. The Rangers have a long window right now. They, I'd say, that the rest of the decade for sure, maybe in the future, if all goes well for them. But the best time for the Rangers to go on a deep cup run is in the next few seasons when they their guys are still on entry-level deals. Here's what I'll say about the Rangers. I don't think they have what it takes to make a cup run yet. And for the reason that experience is really key for a cup run. But they are a really dangerous team. And we saw that. They didn't prove it against Carolina because Carolina was really good this year. But they, they proved it at the end of the playoffs. And when they get hot, they are a really tough team to beat. And they have a lot of, now that they have Lafreniere, they have the best center depth in the, in the league. They are going to be a really, really scary team to face up against in the first round of the playoffs. Let's look next at the Columbus Blue Jackets. We don't really have to spend too much time on them. They don't necessarily have anyone special in the pipeline. They don't necessarily have the space or uh, co- the capacity to bring in a big superstar name uh, in the trade market or the free agent market. But they proved everyone wrong. It proved everyone wrong. Granted, they did lose to Columbus. Or, my bad. They did, the Blue Jackets did lose to Tampa Bay, 
uh, in a turn of fate from last season's 4-0 sweep against them. But Okay, but Tampa Bay is in the cup final right now, so I know. how bad of a loss is that really? Exactly. If you're Columbus, you are in the perfect spot. They have the guys who are going to be fully healthy that were injured during the season. Seth Jones. Like, he wasn't injured, but I'm just going to name names. Seth Wesley Jones. Warinsky. There's Lincolns. Corby Salo as well was injured. Salo as a 1B. You've That's got, crazy. Uh, you've got Atkinson. You've got Felino. You've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who really showed out in the playoffs and is primed to fucking dominate next season. You have so Gustav good. Nyquist. Who yeah, we, we got it. We got it. We <laughs> have <laughs> Alex Dave. Yeah. Right. They have Logan, the name, guys. Name, name. The they were places. underrated <laughs> as hell going into this season. Oh yeah, for sure. It was this season. We talked about if, it on our live show. Yeah, if you we looked at it, had it right. First off, I want to say this: we had it right. We said that they had the potential to make the playoffs because they had such a sneaky, weird, murky roster. And goddamn it, they did it's it. True. Look at us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Predicted, we not, also predicted the Blackhawks would make the playoffs, but they did. Hey, they make they the did. Playoffs. It just took, took a, a goal pandemic. pandemic. And speaking of predictions <laughs> that were correct. Pandemic. Let me just bask in my glory of predicting on August 22nd, 2019, <sighs> that the Stanley Cup final would consist of your Dallas Stars and your Tampa Bay Lightning. Just want to point that out. Hopefully Dallas wins in six. I also want to point out and apologize for anyone that happened to have listened to the live show that I said that uh, Frederick Anderson was going to win the Vesna this year. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Uh, I digress. The Blue Jackets are in a good spot. <laughs> Not enough room to really debate that. Not anything else that we haven't already been said. Prediction for hold on, real quick. Prediction oh, for their season. Oh. Prediction for their season next year. Uh, I don't think. Exit. I don't. Yeah, I don't think they have what it takes to go super deep. But they're yeah. really good. Yep. Continue, yep, Logan. Yep, yep. They can. They have that upset potential. But yeah, they're yep. not. They're nothing crazy. They, nope. they. They look like the Dallas Stars of next season, just significantly better on paper yes. from the get-go. The Islanders. Let's talk about them. I you want think, to talk about a team of full of surprises? I think Matt Barzell is in a boom of his career right now, and at the right time. He's getting paid this offseason. The Islanders look to be playing their best hockey since the uh, since their cup runs. Their uh, four-in-a-row cup runs. Barry Trotz. Definitely should have been, after watching how he managed his team in the playoffs, he definitely should have gotten some sort of recognition for the Jack Adams. For sure. Adam Pellick, Devontae's, uh, a- anchoring the defense, Ilya Sorkin coming overseas, Varlamov, Thomas Grice, whichever one they decide to keep, unless they keep all of them somehow. I mean, nuts. They are set. They are set. They are in a perfect, perfect position to stay hot and potentially bring a cup back to the island since '84. Honestly, yeah, I really, I really like this team. Is it '84? Hold on, keep going. I got this check. team. This team is like the biggest surprise to me of the playoffs. Yes, I know the Dallas Stars exist. I don't want to hear it. They are the biggest surprise to me of, the, of these playoffs. They were supposed to be playing a super defensive style, which dragged teams through the mud and made it made it impossible to play against. Okay, fine. They did do that, and then their offense came online. And My like bad since '83, it's close enough. And then the Islanders' offense started sparking. Bavillier was on point. 
Devontae's was on point. Matt Barzell, of course. Like these, the Islanders team, when they're hot, like when they showed in this place, when they're hot, they are tough because they're still super good defensively, making it tough to score. And when they can score, they score in like loads. Like they'll score like two, three goals at a time. And it, that is a really tough team to beat because that means that you're scoring. That means that you just get two or three goals scored on in the span of like, you know, eight minutes. So all the momentum's away from you. And then you still have to go through their entire neutral zone trap, which is like insane. They're so the Islanders have the potential to be really, really good. And Varlamov or Grice is a, it's a fantastic I have definitely 1A changed option. My opinion. I have definitely changed my opinion on how I think about their play. And I love watching it. And that is all I need to say. Yep. I really like them overall. I think them buying into what Barry Trotz wanted them to buy into really paid off for them. I think that really helped them overall become a one of the great defensive teams we see in the league today. I think that could they make a deep cup run next year? Yes. I don't think they're going to fly out. I can't see them missing the playoffs, but no, they're definitely no a team that you don't want to play in the first round. And it's funny because I always thought the Hurricanes were like that muggy team, but I feel like the Hurricanes are more offensive-based and have good defensemen. I think the Islanders are very good at executing their muggy game. They get guys very frustrated on the other team. It doesn't matter who you are. When you play them, you're going to get very annoyed very quickly with them. Yeah. I don't think... I, I don't know. I just don't see the Islanders being able to win the cup next year, but they are playing in the now. Now I, I said it before and earlier in the show that the, that the central is a tough division in hockey. Uh, that will change next season. Uh, it will become the Metro, but I think, I don't know if the Islanders have what it takes to win the cup yet. Um, I just don't see their offense being consistent enough, but I think that their second round pat their pass the second round for sure next year, I think. And third round, likely Stanley cup final, maybe. Can't see him winning it, but they're going to go deep next year. For sure. And Let's finally, talk Vancouver about the Vancouver Canucks. Canucks. Let's talk about Jim Benning first and foremost. I love Jim Benning. That's all I need to say. <laughs> and the show's over. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Aside from the, Joe, but the only thing that I didn't like that he did last offseason was the addition of Tyler Myers. I think he's a great physical dude to have. But he just didn't He's use. Not, he, did, he didn't not use his. Guy. He didn't use his. He didn't use his body at all. So it kind of. Yeah. When he the did, he couldn't get back on defense. Like he, exactly. he really wasn't that great. I, I will was, agree. He was literally he a was big pylon. Like I think he. I think he has a bit of a bounce back, but I don't think he's a reliant enough player to put on your top pair. I think he's a fine top four guy. I just. I don't think it really worked out too well. But bringing in JT Miller, who had a very underrated season, that I believe I called. God. I really popped off. You obviously had the addition of Tyler Toffoli at the trade deadline or near it, which definitely was a great addition as well. Patterson took another nice jump in this game. Quinn Hughes, amazing. I, I really wish he fell one spot, even though I love Boquist. One more spot. So close. The Canucks look really good. And with Dr. Demko's two-game sample size in the playoffs for a team like <laughs> Vegas, they're going to be He's the best goal in the league. multiple years. Well, obviously, he was the best goalie in the playoffs because stat-wise, because he played two games. I don't think Demko's ready to take on the 82-game season. He obviously is not playing all the games, but I don't think he's plus. ready yet to be 
yeah, taking on 50 to 60 games. So, no. I think they bring back Markstrom. I think they find a way to make to protect both of them for Seattle. They give up something so Seattle takes someone else. But that Markstrom Demko, if they bring back both of them and are manage manage to escape the Seattle expansion draft with both their guys and with the foundation, this team is definitely going to be. We could see a 1994 Vancouver versus Rangers rematch in 2021, 2022 in the future. And as long as the Rangers beat the Canucks, we're chilling. I'll 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 say this, I've grown to like the Canucks much more now, after they got rid of Alex Burrows and all those bums. Ryan Kessler, the Sedins weren't bums. I didn't like the Sedins though. But now that they got rid of all those guys, I can I feel like I can root for Vancouver again. Bastard's gonna have a, a bounce back year next year. Watch out, Vancouver's. Coming. I feel like I feel like Vancouver's a team you like almost want to root for they're like full of young guys and they're like that's why they're fun i love their they're like they're full of guys who are like were like top picks in the draft but like weren't number one i thought they were all just inexperienced noah i mean they are i thought they They are they are inexperienced they are i was just just calling you out for picking minnesota over them because veteran yeah okay which which, which has a play which plays in sometimes that time yeah, okay, whatever. Fucking but, Logan yeah, picked but, Montreal for the cup. I don't want to hear it. Yes, I know. So, but still, just the way they <laughs> so, play, Vancouver is fast pace. Yeah, but continue. Yeah. Uh, Vancouver is definitely a team that's on the up and up. They looked really good this offseason. I think they're uh, the second biggest surprise out of the West, uh, besides for the Stars, of course. But I think that they have a bright future ahead of them. I don't see a super deep run um, in the future. I feel like they're missing a couple pieces um, and a little bit of experience. Before they make like that soup, before they make like that the cup run or the third round, but yeah. I think that I think a wild card is a definite. I think uh, securing a playoff spot uh, immediately out of the gate is a possibility. I will have to see how the Pacific plays out, but the Pacific sucks, so yeah. it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. It is possible if the Canucks have a good enough season that There's, they could win. There is a world the where they, yeah, where they win the Pacific, yeah. I, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked at all. I think that the team is definitely well-rounded. I think because there are reports or rumors that Louis Erickson could possibly get traded. And if he gets traded, that leaves likely, I, I feel like they'd retain a bit. That mm-hmm. leaves at least $4 million likely in cap space for Vancouver to find another good defenseman. Maybe a Brendan Dillon signs a four for four or something over the off season. So Vancouver is definitely going to have some cap space that they have to work with. Obviously, when Hughes and Pedersen's contracts expire, they're going to be getting paid. But if they can keep their core together and maybe beef it up a bit, I think that they're definitely going to be good in the next few years. That yeah. about wraps it up for this episode of the Puck Talk Live podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate all you guys do for the pod. Be sure you tune in every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, wherever you get your podcasts, we will likely be. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Puck Talk Live Podcast. Be sure to f- hit that link in our description, our bio on the Instagram page to find all of our respective socials and where you can find all of our outlets for the podcast. Comment, like, share, interact with us. We will give you something. We will you want to hear something talked about on the show give it to us we'll be there thank you everyone for listening 
Remember, we're here every Tuesday, noon central time on the web. My name is Logan Rosengart for the Puck Talk Live podcast. We appreciate everything you do, and we will see you guys next week.